You're listening to DraftKings Network. This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity. I don't know what triggers the um, free fries at Arby's, but they tweeted free fries <laughs> and it was like nine to two. <laughs> So I guess two goals and everybody gets free fries, but it's just like so funny of the social media manager to me. I don't know if anybody else found that funny, but it was just like, what well, else are you going to say? And also like, it's like prime for the eat at Arby's joke, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. exactly. The nihilistic <laughs> Arby's. People forget. It's what it would be Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Too Many Men. My name is Allison Lucan. And as always, I am joined by the extremely hair stylish forward, loving the headband look today, but also the really insightful and ever focused on hockey when she's watching, Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you? What's going on? Yeah, the hair comment was unnecessary. That you I said think you, you like my pretty. <laughs> I no, love you said it. That before yeah, I, I like my meltdown. Yes. Thank you. I hate it. I got a new haircut last week and I like I've wanted to rip it out ever since. So we're going headband today, fellas. Well, I think you look beautiful. I think it's a really flattering look for you. Very flattering look for you. And then we have the rapid fire writing. I know exactly how much content this person has put out in a little less than the past 12 hours. And it's quite astonishing. You may not know, but I know uh, <laughs> it is the wizard the athletics Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. Hi. I have no more words left in me. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, friends, we're coming to you a little bit later this week. Apologies. Uh, that's due to my travel schedule. So thanks for hanging with us. As always, we come to you with all the hockey news that we want to talk about because it's our show. Um, and we're actually, we don't even have bit-o news today, Sarah. That See, you had a rough hair day, so we're keeping you from yeah. having to say your least favorite segment. Mm-hmm. We'll just go right into the hockey talk. <laughs> we're here for you. We're here for you in this time of need. Um, getting right to it, uh, we started to talk about this, and I'm like, oh, no, wait, we just have to hit record. Um, and that is a couple of point streaks that are going on in the league. One is still going. One ended this week, um, and that is between the Toronto Maple Leafs, Mitch Marner, um, who is currently at a 20-game point streak, and then Dallas's Jason Robertson, who his streak ended at the hand of the Leafs when they met earlier this week and were actually shut out by the Leafs in in a majestic goaltending performance uh, by the Leafs. But his streak ended at, keep me honest here, Shana, it was 8-17? 18. 18. 18. Thank you. At 18. But we talked about how Mitch Marner is hashtag actually good again, even though the people wouldn't give him the credit. (laughs) And this show really must always start with what about the Leafs? So, Sarah, what is your take on first the streak that ended and then the streak that's still going and again, the continued excellence that is Mitch Marner? 
Yeah, well, we need to respect Jason Roberts. I know this is the oldest, most tired, most pandering take in the world to <laughs> Dallas fans, but it's fun to pander sometimes. And I think we need to respect this guy and respect that line, too. I mean, they're jiving together so well right now. I, I think it's all coming together for the stars, and Robertson is probably the key element to that. And I am so excited to see him continue to thrive in the league with so many more years. It's just... This, the beginning for this young whippersnapper. <laughs> and then the Leafs, what's your thought? I mean, we oh, talked yeah. about Mitch, who? but I mean, he's still going. Yeah, exactly. Who? Well, first of all, he's making me cry again saying, oh, like when he tied the record or broke the record for the Maple Leafs, this is the Maple Leafs record on consecutive points. But um, he said, he was like, I can't wait to talk to my dad who was going to criticize me. I'm like, he just gets it from everywhere. He's all in the middle. But it was awesome to see all of the Leafs players in the locker room and how hyped everybody is for him. And even um, I think Kadri commented on his Instagram, like everybody's so happy for him. So it's great that he's so beloved by his teammates, even if the rest of the people just need to <laughs> shut up. At least he has his dog, Sarah. At least he has oh his dog. God, I love his dog. And, and speaking of people who Seriously. understand the support of dogs, Shayna. Your take yes. on the streak that ended and the streak that lives. I think um, for Robertson, this streak was really impressive. I think this is a really important year for him because last year, you know, there were a lot of criticisms about Robertson, like his skating's weak. Can he get past that? You know, the scouts hate him for that. And then even like uh, when we did player tiers, I talked to a couple analysts and they were like, we want to see if he's more than just finishing talent. Like, is it more than shooting talent? Because like last year, that line, it really was like a product of the three of them in all different ways, like hints with the entries and, you know, with some of his passing and Pavelski in the net front and then uh, Robertson with the shooting. It just all worked. But this year, it does finally feel like he's taking over and he's proving like he is the driver of the line. And it's always going to be, I think, with that combination, like, you know, a, some of the, you know, their parts that make it click. But he's taking his game to the next level, which is really exciting to see, you know, for the stars to have, like, young up, up-and-coming players. And we're always talking about the old core. So, you know, good for him. That was, like, a really exciting streak. Uh, as for Mitch Marner, we're thrilled for him. We love it for him. And, you know, it's interesting. You look at the differences in the Leafs this year, too, how he's not even playing with Matthews most of the time at even strength. He's playing with Tavares, who's shooting the puck even more than he has been in years past. And Marner's putting in so much work on that line to make Tavares's game, like get to the level that he wants it to be this year too. Um, and, you know, some of the five on five impacts have slid a bit because of the situations, like the weaknesses on the blue line, like they're never healthy. So many like forwards going in and out of the lineup too. And even like him playing defense on certain shifts is going to impact his five on five numbers because of the, like the situational play. But it's just nice to see how he just keeps pushing this year and taking his game to another level. Cause I don't think he gets the credit he deserves as more than just one of the best passers in the league, but one of the best two way forwards. If people wanted to read more about John Tavares, Shana, where would they find such information? It's me, your fellow Leafs writer. I wrote about John Tavares <laughs> on The Athletic today. Uh, I was very, I knew I was doing a Leaf story and he was incredible in that game against Dallas. And I was like, yep, that's it. That's what I want to do. Good for him. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yes, we, we stand Mitch Marner. And if we couldn't make this more all about the Leafs, Jason Robertson's brother is in the Leafs organization. So And playing well with Tavares, the best 5-on-5 five five numbers Tavares had this season comes with Marner and Robertson. There you go. See, it all comes back to the Leafs, people. It all comes <laughs> back to Filipino greatness. I love that for them. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of goal scoring, um, well, Buffalo can do it. 
Um, yesterday, uh, well, by the time you listen, this might be two days ago, but I'm sure you still remember, um, in only, Tage Thompson was only deployed basically for the first two periods of the game. And in the first, what was it, like 12 minutes, uh, he had four goals. He ends the game with five goals and six points in a 9-2, I believe, routing of the Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus, which, woof, that's no fun to do on home ice. But Tage Thompson, my friends, is on a roll. Shayna, describe the Tage Thompson experience and that we're all just living in it. He is one of my favorite players in the league. Like, already, it's 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 incredible. Last year he came out, breakout season, you know, he's shooting the puck more, he's getting to the quality areas more, and like the biggest adjustment for him was going back to center. We don't always see a player pick it up when they go to center. We see the defensive responsibilities weighing them down, and then when they get moved to wing, we see them really start popping off offensively. They have less to worry about. And for Thompson, it's been the opposite. The center center position has been perfect for him, the way he plays up the middle. And, you know, if there were questions, was last year fluke? And he's quickly proving, no, this is who I am. Like, you know, is he a later bloomer? Because I think, you know, it's he's 25, 26 years old versus the 22-year-old, you know, which we know is when they tend to peak uh, forwards. But it, it doesn't matter. It, this is Tage Thompson's world. We're just living in it. Um, he His play is so electric. And this season, it's not just how many goals, it's the dominance of his play when he's scoring goals, the 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 variety in shots, the toe drags, the backhands, the deflections, the one-timers on the power play, he does it all. Like he has the finesse and the hands to create plays in tight and and under pressure, he's just he's just like whipping out these moves and you're like, oh, okay, go off. It's so exciting to watch. And last night, I think, yeah, it wasn't just that he had four goals in the first 12 minutes. It was like, he already had five points. Okay, it was a rough night for Columbus. Absolutely yes. goaltending defense-wise, yeah. Oh but God. like, they pulled two goaltenders. Really... They go back to the first guy in period three. It was crazy. Yep, and Corpusalo, what was it? it was, he faced four shots, allowed three goals initially, and then Albus's numbers were just putrid coming in too. Like he allowed four goals above expected, something like ridiculous. Like that—that that was a wild game. But Tage Thompson, like, what a star! Sarah, Tage Thompson, how big a star? And can this can the Sabres actually become good again? Yeah, I have no. I, I don't <laughs> think he can do it all. I do think like it's funny that they're having these crazy high offensive games, but it's like it's just so clear they need a better goaltender. So we're just gonna get that, nip that in the bud. But I have three thoughts on Tage Thompson's performance. One Okay, realistically, in this real world we're living in, I understand why he only played 13 minutes and 56 seconds. But because the game was getting chippy by the end of it, too, you don't want to risk injury. But at the same time, this man was on pace to break an NHL record or at least tie it. And I think he deserved that chance. I don't know, maybe he didn't seem too thrilled about it. I don't know if you guys saw the post game. He was like, yeah, uh, cool. Like he didn't really care. So maybe that wasn't too, that deep for him, but it was deep for me. I would want to see it. <laughs> Two, the Sabres let the players pick their own goal songs at home. And I wish it was at home because his is Fishing in the Dark by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. And the amount of times that would have played in that arena would have been hilarious and fun. And I do like that song. And maybe the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band would have sued at that point. And three... I was just dying at the Columbus Blue Jackets second period tweet. I don't know what triggers the um, free fries at Arby's, but they tweeted 
free fries and it was like nine to two so I guess two goals and everybody gets free fries but it's just like so funny of the social media manager to me I don't know if anybody else found that funny but it was just like what else are you gonna say and also like it's like primed for the eat at Arby's joke, right? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Nihilistic <laughs> Arby's. People forget. That's what our OGs remember. We're down 9-2, eat at Arby's. Literally. <laughs> um, Sarah, you brought up a point about the goal songs. Like, I feel like the Sabres have been some of the most like fun goal songs because like Jeff Skinner had Party in the USA and I guess I want to dance with somebody, both slap. Like, do we like it more? with the players picking their own goal songs now, like, cause it's exciting and different or do we like the whole like team environment of everyone having the same song? I don't, that's a good question. Um, I do think it's probably a pain in the ass for whoever's like <laughs> manning it. And maybe if, like for special occasions, like it's your birthday, you get your goal song, but it does show more about their personalities and maybe it's more incentive to score. I don't know. I guess Tage didn't need it there. He just like, maybe he <laughs> loves war and wanted the cannon to keep striking. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he sings it in his head when he's on the road. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe like it would work too if like you get the team goal song and then like the next stoppage, like your goal song plays and that's like the middle ground of it. Like I wonder if that's an option for some teams. You have to play. I think you have to play it after the goal. Otherwise it's just, then it's just like in arena music. The Bruins do something called Bruins Beat where during an intermission, it's like, this is my favorite song. And then they play it, but it's like, I don't know. It's it's kind of cute. <laughs> well, there you go. We're I you know what? I like the goal song thing, but only if they're good. Like if it's not funny or like interesting, <laughs> if like you if it's bad song, fuck off. <laughs> but no, you know what I mean? Like if it's someone who's just like they got pressured into picking a song or like it's that one player who never does anything, so like the PR staff actually picked it for them, like Yes, exactly. That like, happens like, so often. A few years ago, I wrote one of my favorite stories to this day that I've ever written is asking all the Canes players what their goal song would be if they could choose whatever. And they got so into it and it was great. It was just hilarious. Like the, the Finnish guys were like shoving their phones in my face and being like, this is the Finnish artist that you need to listen to. I'm like, okay. Like they were passionate about it. But then others were like, Book Alive by Drake when that was happening, so. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself, too? Don't bring the Drake curse. Don't no bring the Drake curse. <laughs> Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. This episode is brought to you by Chevrolet. Now's your chance to support a team with real grit. The Chevy ZR2 family of off-road trucks. The first ever Silverado HD ZR2 joins the all-new Colorado ZR2 and the Silverado ZR2 for a commanding lineup of off-road ready trucks. Equipped to take on anything this season throws their way. Visit Chevy.com to learn more. All right. Well, Tage Thompson, go off. We're happy for you. Um, And we talked a little bit about goaltenders, but woof, my friends. We've got some some teams going through it uh, with their goaltending. Um, I'm going to throw out a bunch of just topics of goaltenders right now. And... 
y'all can start to talk about what you want. We've got Dan Vladar, who, oh my gosh, ripe for the punning. I mean, I'm just here for the Dan Vladar puns. Um, but he's been taking over more and more starts in Calgary with Markstrom, maybe not um, as strong as he was, particularly last season, or as expected to be. We just touched on the Columbus situation where they have two goaltenders who in all fairness, are playing behind an excessively depleted team. I think they're literally like calling people up from the AAA squad that practices in the arena just to have some bodies sometimes. Um, but Columbus is struggling. Jordan Binnington, Shana, do you have the the quote here of what's going on with Jordan Binnington of late? Let's see if I can find it here. We've got Berube. Coach Berube said that he's going with Grice uh, tonight because he has won three in a row and Binnington needs a reset more than anything. Um, where are we in the state of goaltending in the NHL? And pick pick one, pick a couple who you want to talk about. We can talk about the renaissance happening in the Toronto net, perhaps. Where, where is your head at with goaltending? Sarah, you get to start. Um, I Yeah, the Bennington stuff. I want to say, I don't know, I've seen some takes that are just kind of like the NHL needs to step in and do something about Jordan Bennington. I'm like, he's kind of the funny part and beautiful part is that he's doing it to himself by also being bad. It's like, I don't really think it's something to be mad about or have this bold take about. I just think it's hilarious that he's bad and acting like a baby. Like sometimes the bin takes itself to the bin. Oh, hey. shouldn't Blues fans be the ones who are mad too? Like, I, I'm sorry if you're around the rest of the league, you're a fan of any other team, and Jordan Bennington pulls some stupid shit while your team's playing. Shouldn't you be hyped? Like, if you're a Penguins fan, be like, yeah, like, yeah, he pissed off, you know, a player, and he's an asshole. But like, he got lit up and got pulled from the game and got a misconduct. You should be like reveling in that instead of being like, the league needs to do something. If the blue, totally. if you're the Blues, be like, the league needs to get him some. I don't know, that new energy, I don't know. Yeah, he has definitely repped what he sowed. I don't know the passive tense for that word. Re- reaped. reaped. Yeah, he reaped, yeah. Right. Let's talk about Jacob Mar- Markstrom instead, because we've said Let's. enough about this. He said he sucks at hockey. What's he sucking at? Allison, I know you've probably seen him a little bit more than us. What do you think he's sucking at? You know, and, and I, it's a great question. I will have to go back and watch some film. I mean, I... Because when when we were in Calgary, it was Vladar, I'm 99% sure. Okay. Um, but, I mean, this kind of started at the end of the playoffs last year, too, right? Remember? Because mm. he kind of fell off. And it you have to wonder, t- I, I said this the other day um, during an interview I was on, but I, none of us really understand goaltending, right? And so because none of us understand goaltending and because teams aren't really going to talk about how they plan for goaltenders either... Like, I am part of the camp that believes that, like, what's happening on the skater side is, like, breaking down goaltending. And we're putting goaltenders into games, into play at younger ages, right? Because we're having this, like, different distribution of work and things. And so I feel like these players aren't being managed as well as they could be if we understood the position better. That's not a Markstrom-specific comment, but I feel like, in part, it's what's happening in front of him. That's Because, look, at I mean, we... We all thought the Flames recovered, but they've changed a lot of what happens in front of him now. So you wonder if that's part of it, too. I don't know. Shayna, what's your take on Markstrom? That's a really good take, I think. Thank you. I think that it's tough because, like, goal scorers are better. 
you know, teams are getting more creative. And, you know, I think that there's going to be more emphasis on scouting goaltenders. I think Vasilevsky in the playoffs was a good example of it. Everyone knew, go, you know, high blocker, glove, you know, go high blocker. That's where he's allowing more goals and, you know, don't target his glove side because that's where he's been a little bit more accurate and like, oh, here's the trend. Let's spot it and go for it. And obviously teams have always pre-scouted, but I wonder if there's a little more emphasis on it. We have more data. We have more information. You know, the puck and player tracking does help in that regard. So there's that. Um, The other thing too is uh, we talked about this last episode, maybe like, we're seeing goalies struggle after these major workloads that they're taking on. And like, yes, five years ago, 10 years ago, it was the norm to see Carey Price and Henrik Lundqvist play 70-something games. That happened, uh, Cam Talbot did in Edmonton, but we saw what happened to him the next year. And, you know, I looked at this last year when talking about sorrows, like what happens the year after a goalie takes on that workload? Does it affect them in the playoffs or the next season? And for some goalies, it did and some it didn't. There wasn't a strong enough pattern but I wonder if the fact that teams have kind of gotten away from that and more of a 1A, 1B system or just making sure their goalies are rested down the stretch, like maybe goalies just aren't accustomed to that workload anymore. So now when they're getting faced with it, and last year we saw it with Markstrom, we saw it with Soros, we saw it with Demko, like maybe it is starting to weigh that down their game because it's such an adjustment. And even to a point we saw it with Chesterkin because he had never played as many games as he did between the regular season. That was a record for him for a single year plus the postseason. So, you know, it's no surprise Demko's struggling this year. Shostarkin's not perfect. Who knew he had that in a Markstrom struggling a bit more. And, you know, Soros got off to a rough start and now it seems like he's finding his footing. So is there something to that? Is there something that teams need to, if they're going to play their goalies like that, prepare better? Or if they want to go on a deep run, factor the playoff games you expect to play into their workload. Because if you play 70 games in the regular season and that's your starter, they're going to play the postseason every single game for you. That could be 24 games right there. Like, so now they're coming into the next year after 94 played. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. And like Shesterkin's another one, man. Like some of his, like Sarah mentioned Markstrom post game. like Shesterkin's another one where it's like, I end up feeling so bad, right? Yep. Because like, and it does suck. Like, yes, the goaltender is the last line of defense, but also like, as most people will say, like, by the time it gets to where your goaltender has to make a desperation save, like, how many people have fucked up in front of you, right? Like, to create that kind of a chance. So I don't know, like, I don't know if they truly take it as hard as they're saying, or if it's like hockey goaltender culture, right? But like, yeah, dude, it's not all your fault. He seems so nice. I don't know. know. He said said that. And then he (laughs) said the next day, um, it was a heat of the moment comment. And like, if I had talk to you in an hour and a half later, it would have been a different comment, but I was never good at school because I had a quick memory and I'm hoping that serves me well on the ice. I'm like, Oh, that's cute. I think it's probably like a confidence thing for him too, partially, which is just like such a un like reliable factor with goaltending. So just like, I think it's good. Take some time off, get your head right. And he said nothing but nice things about Vladdy. So well, and look at, like, even yeah. poor Cal Peterson, man. Like, this guy gets called in in relief in an insane 9-8, 2,000-goal game and gives up three. Did he give up three? Is that right? But, like, and then Was the next three or day. three I forget? It's something. Multiples. Yeah. Um, but then, and then gets sent down. And, like, even the front office is like, oh, yeah, well, the part of this is it's a whole message to the whole team. Okay, but, like, one dude got sent down. And, like, is yep. like his confidence is shattered. And it's just like, ugh. I don't know. And that's like, it's, it's, it's funny too. Like not funny, but it's, it's interesting too. Like there's two goalies in the first year of their $5 million contracts. You're struggling so much. And it's Peterson and you have, 
Jack Campbell struggling a lot. Like, Campbell's a goalie that, like, he's being completely exposed in Edmonton because yeah. the defensive tweaks that they made last year are not clicking this year. They're Shocker. struggling on... Yeah, right? Like, who knew? And it's that's trickling down into his game, and he's not responding well to his workload. And then you have... Uh, in LA, like you have a better defensive system, but the goaltending's not there. And I get wanting to send a message and get wanting them to get reps in because, like, especially in LA, you need to have a plan. You invested in this goaltender to take over for Jonathan Quick, mm-hmm. it, but it's a it's a confidence thing too. It spirals like for sure. goalies we know are very delicate and rightfully so. They're the ones that are out there for sixty minutes a game, and yeah. you know. It falls on their shoulders, even if they're not at fault. They could save 40 shots, but you allow one goal. That could be your, you know, entire season. Literally. We're so bad at evaluating, or not all of us, but I think a lot of us, it's like a lazy narrative and the easy narrative to blame the goalie when in reality, I don't know, I just, with the Hurricanes, they would always say their main priority was kind of optimizing their defense and then having at least an above average goalie but they aren't looking for that elite goalie and people are kind of confused by that calling them cheap but I mean to a degree they are definitely historically cheap but at the same time they would make all these goalies like oh why is he ran like all the think pieces why is he randomly good because he's playing behind an elite defense and then they go somewhere else like Nadelkovich and then he's struggling and it's like why is he struggling now it's like because especially behind Detroit yeah exactly that's the thing I'd love to see a story about I'm sure there are stories about this but just like the impact of defensive systems on goalies it's just as simple as that but it's something I don't know yeah like which is the most sustainable what structure helps the most? And I'm sure well, it varies per goalie. Well, exactly. And it's just, it's about the goalie being able to, like, I remember talking to even um, Philip Grubauer and even Martin Jones this year. Like, they both said, it's all about understanding what kind of chances your defense is going to let through. And once you understand what kind of chances they're going to let through, then you know what you have to be prepared to save. And that's, again, back to my point. Like, it's the breakdowns that cause the goaltender to not, it's not like the goaltender isn't prepared, right? It's just that's, right. that's the deal. Uh, goalies too, like they, it's, I think too, like you need to have like the right environment too for the goalie to like either the right personality for the goalie or the right vibe in the room that the goalie can speak up and say like, this is what I want. Like, uh, when I was doing the Lundqvist 99 story, I talked to Steve Alicat and he was talking about how they would go out to dinner and Henrik Lundqvist would sit there because he was like always on like with the salt and pepper shakers explaining to his team defense, this is what I want you to do in front of me. This is what I need you to do so I can be my best too. You have to, one, have the confidence to speak up and not just let it be the coaches that handle it. And two, like, you have to have a room that's going to be, you know, willing to listen to everything, too. Like, so I just think it's like it has to be like the right situation sometimes. But it would be interesting to see goalies speak up a little bit more, too. Like, I'm sure you're screening me constantly. This is where you need to, like, stand. Goal, we don't do enough service to goaltending. So... Just remember that, and it's total chaos. So that's where we're at. Okay, um, I don't have a name for this segment, but I'm going to call it on the fly. When one of us shines, we all shine. Uh, because first of all, Sarah Simeon was on TV this past weekend. Oh. Did we talk about this? We did. We did. A little yes. bit, yeah. Briefly, yeah. but that's good enough. No. <laughs> no. Sarah Simeon taking over the airwaves, doing her style rankings. Um, And then these two people are making me talk about the fact that I was between the benches. So you have two minutes. Go. Oh, my God. You just shined. (laughs) Shana, you can go last because you'll have more to say. I'm getting straight to the point here. I just think (laughs) everybody 
coming together to tweet about how great Allison is is not by accident. Like I saw um, Mark Duant um, yeah. in Montreal's comments. That's just like everybody needs an Allison, and Allison's so good that nobody's not everyone's going to have an Allison. And it's so just sums up your unique skill set where it's like you're such a natural at TV somehow, but you're so good at your specific thing that every broadcast needs that they can't have. So it's just like, you're so good. I love when you go between the benches too. You just, you just fit there. You were born for it. This is all very awkward. Shana. Yeah. The vibes are good. You were between the benches <laughs> and the, the chemistry I love between you and Forslund and JT Brown, because like you each bring something different. And I like that you have like, this is your angle, but like, it really is more broad than I think a lot of people, like a lot of people, well, it's analytics. It's like, no, it's, 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 it's super broad and, you know, very adaptable. So super impressive. Um, were you freezing down there? I'm just going to ask so, some questions. No. Yeah. No. So JT is always cold, but I am not cold, but I also, because he told me he's always cold. Like I always wear wool tights. So mm. I always make sure I wear warmer outfits. Like he's such a style King, like as Sarah has well documented, like he will sacrifice his comfort for fashion. I have no such <laughs> guidelines in my life. I will go for straight warmth. So you still look. Yeah, he has really, to get really the cute. like Under Armour like yes. stuff that you could just wear under a suit. Um, how different is the perspective? Like you've you know you watch from press box TV or being down there. Like how do you like adjust and like take everything in? Yeah, it's definitely different. So you have to like it's harder. T- it's a different way of seeing a play develop, right? But it's you get a cooler, like what's really cool that I like being down there is you can see like passing and shooting lanes a lot more clearly just because you can see actually what a player sees. Um, I've always said that if you're new to hockey, you should watch a game from two places required. One is low, lower bowl, top of the section in the corner so you can see everything develop. And then you should always at least try one time in your life to sit by the glass so you understand how fast the game is. So it's definitely different, but it's not it's not as fast as I was afraid it would be in the sense that I wouldn't be able to like keep track of everything. So you hear anything fun? I haven't heard anything fun yet. I haven't heard anything well, fun. We yet. need you to get a spicier rivalry game. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like last, the last game JT was down there for like uh, Yanni Gord, who was it? Yanni. And I forget who got in a fight and they were yelling at each other across. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah. Like AJ Malesko having the Brad Martian or Terry Fanarin yes. glove throw. Like exactly. that's, that we got to have you in the middle of, um, how do you like not like react to every time? Like, I feel like I would be like this the entire time. Like, no, I'm sorry for for those listening. How do you not like move around and dock and cringe when things come your way? Yeah, I mean, I th- you just I think you just get used to it. Like if you've been at pra- like it comes with time, right? Because like if you've been to practices, you're used to hearing the pucks hit the glass, and you're used to like sometimes guys giving you a hard time by like intentionally crashing into the boards in front of you or whatever. And like JT did advise me about like what to do if a puck comes flying your way, like where to stand, which is the least likelihood of getting hit. Um, but it's surprisingly not hard. You just have to always watch the puck. You just have to always, 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 always watch the puck. That's the main rule. You get one more and then we're done. This is awkward. <laughs> what's your most, what's your most unexpected thing of being down there that you're like, Oh, this is happening that you would never know. Um, that's a good question. Hmm. I mean, I've only done two games. I'm trying to think. For me, um, I'll help you usher yes. in your, your brain. When I yes. saw the Toronto um, equipment manager, like touching the, 
Did you see that when he was touching all the sticks, when he was looking at the players ready to go? So he like oh, memorized yeah. where the yeah, sticks yeah, were. Yeah. I was like, oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. I like you. I don't look at the benches much um, because unless play is stopped and then you don't, I also, my personal taste is like, I'll look and do a scan, but I don't want them to think I'm like trying to like stare at them either. Like, yeah. I'm like, I want to respect their space. Um, I think what's cool is hearing how little players actually are saying, like screaming at each other, but also like to hear the things they do scream. It's very interesting. The cueing and, and what they're saying to their teammates, like in a hockey way. That's, that's interesting. All right. Ding, your time is up. We're done with that. segment. <laughs> okay. And in Shana's When One of Us Shine, We All Shines, again, she wrote Tavares. She wrote an article on defensive pairs and her edition, her entry into the top 100 or whatever it is with uh, that The Athletic is doing on Henrik Lundqvist is amazing. Everyone should click and read it. So And luckily, too. this podcast is coming out on Friday when the walkout of the New That's York right. Times union is done. So ex- click on Shana's stories extra hard on Friday. Yes. Not Thursday, but Friday, please. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Jewelry can say many things on your wedding day. As a wedding band, it can say, this is a forever symbol of our forever love. As a gift to your wedding party, it can say, thanks for standing up there with us. Blue Nile can help you find the piece that says it all and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. All right, my friends, we end every episode with our favorite game. And we're back to our original name. It is Fuck, Mary Kill. And here we go. Uh, Sarah, I'm going to have you go first, since you are an expert on all three of these teams. You ready? Yep. <laughs> here you go. Fuck, Mary kill teams that didn't make the playoffs last season, but very well could this season. Red Wings, Islanders, Kraken. Go. Okay, yes, and we're calling me an expert on the Islanders because I, I haven't watched every single game that they've played this season, but it's so funny. Like, I God bless Islanders fans because they just want you to pander to them. So I'm just like, oh, they're so great this year. Lou didn't need to do everything. And they're like, wow, we love you. Like no analysis, just vibes. And the vibes are good there. And okay, teams that didn't make the playoffs, but good. Um, Oh, this is a really hard one. I am going to, is this the teams that I want to make it or that I think will? It can be your own criteria. Fuck, Mary, kill it. Okay, I'm going to marry the Islanders because they're the most developed team out of these three, in my opinion, right? And it's like, I like uh, Lambert, their new coach. I like that Barzell has enhanced his two-way game instead of just scoring all the time. Um, I like where they're going, and they were still they were supposed to make it and didn't last year. So I, kind of, I actually do like that they stayed the course and didn't succumb to the pressure of the masses with any crazy moves because now look at the I will fuck oh I know okay game theory here I'm gonna fuck the Red Wings I think they're really fun I love Mo Sider I love Dylan Larkin's comeback or I don't know if it's a comeback is resurgence of being respected around the league again I don't know I just thought people were always asking could he be the guy and 
Yeah, I, I think people just need to acknowledge the bigger picture sometimes. I like the Yezer plan. It's a little ahead of schedule, but it's fun there. I'm going to kill Kraken because, I don't know, back in my day, expansion teams waited a few more years to, to be good. I don't know. I think they have such a bright future ahead of them, and I don't – I'm sorry, Allison, but it's truthfully, okay. it's fine. I don't think they might win the first round in – the Western Conference, but I don't think they're going to hold up against Eastern teams. Shayna? Okay. I am going to kill the Red Wings. Um, I don't think they're there yet. I think there's other teams in the Atlantic that are ahead of them, but, like, I do want to see how, like, teams like the Panthers kind of, like, get it together to make sure they make it, and I think the Red Wings will be fine if they don't make the playoffs this year because the expectation was to get a step closer, and I think they're doing that. And I think next year is kind of like the go-for-it year, and I'm really interested to see then, is it the Red Wings, the Sabres, the Senators, who starts really disrupting it? Um, and I think it'd be fun if all three try to return at the same time to the playoffs by like making the right moves over the next year. I will... I'm going to fuck the Islanders because here's the thing. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I, it doesn't surprise me. I think they should make the playoffs. I think last year, if everything didn't go batshit weird for them and they had a really tough go with the road trip the COVID outbreaks that didn't get rescheduled and things like that for them like it was after their initial one I think that game started being so like they really did get screwed last year um I don't think it's a question for me like are they a playoff team they are this is their window they should absolutely go for it um I still do want to see them make a move I think that they're very good right now I want to see them get one more top six winger I think they need one more player so they can knock out one fourth liner and I think that takes them to where they need to be and I want to see how they maximize their window because it really is considering the cores of this you know the core players their ages and everything this is the best time this or next year and with Sorokin playing the way he is so I don't think it's like that exciting to be like the Islanders making the playoffs because I think they're going to I think it's a disappointment if they don't at this point because there's no excuses um I will marry the Kraken making the playoffs because there's something about the excitement of something like so unexpected and for me that's what the Kraken making it would be I like how different their team is from last year um I like you know it's a healthy forward group they address their weaknesses with additions like Bjorkstrand and Burakovsky and they knew that they were going to have Maddie Beniers too in the fold and you're seeing a team that needed goal support. They addressed it. They got it. And now it's, you know, it, it's a different team. It's not just defense like they were last year. And the goaltending situation, I think, is interesting, too. Like, you know, maybe we are wrong about goalies. We know it's so volatile. Like, can they bounce back? Or can the team get by with just average goaltending if they have so many contributors elsewhere? And what I also like about it is if they make it, it knocks out someone else in the Pacific. And I think it's a weaker division. We've talked about this a lot. And it's going to push a team like maybe Calgary or Edmonton for not doing enough. And I don't want to see a team like that skate by when we know what, say, the Oilers, if the Oilers were to make it, which I don't think is going to happen. They could have done so much more. And it just kind of looks at it and it's like, well, you get fucked because you don't. So I think that the Kraken are going to push everyone to be on their toes a little bit more in the Pacific, which is exciting to me. I am going to kill the Islanders mainly because I want two teams that haven't been in the playoffs ever or one that hasn't been around in a while, Detroit, to be back. I am going to fuck Detroit because I'm here for the narrative. I think it's fun. Um, I think that it's a nice little, like, their fans can have playoffs as a treat. Um, They're still building to it. 
Um, but they are fun, and I do like the Dylan Lark. Like, it's crazy when, like, these players who I still think of as, like, so young are now, like, old, but, like, I'm here for the Dylan Lark, and, like, sadly that this is a redemption tour when, like, I still think of him as, like, two years into his career. Um, and I am going to... Oh, also, um, why am I blanking on their team, who I love? Cider? Mo Cider, Lucas Raymond. Yeah, we, like, we have Mo Cider. Our we boy. love Mo Cider, Yes. Um, and then, therefore, I will also marry the Kraken, obviously for selfish reasons, but also I'm with you, Sarah. I don't think this they're, they're in their best window yet. They're still building to it, but I think it would be a blast. And particularly because last year people took such great delight in shitting all over them. Like, yep. I think it's just a great, like, F you to everyone else. So there you go. We love fuck yous. We love them. <laughs> we love them. We're here for them. All right, my friends, uh, that is it from us this episode. Uh, we sure appreciate you listening. If you like us, you're supposed to give us a five-star review and give us nice glowing compliments in the reviews. Uh, no one stars, no bad comments, no comments on how we look on YouTube. We're well aware we look at ourselves every day. Um, if you want to interact with us more, if you have Fuck, Mary Kill nominations like the one we used today, we'd love to hear them. Please put them on Twitter. At two underscore much underscore man is our handle. Tag us there. Follow us. We give you great content all the time. Um, and until we talk again, go buy merch, which you can find the link in our bio and on our website. Uh, go buy merch and do something to make sure that hockey is for everyone and do something nice for someone else in this world. We'll talk to you all again next week. See you soon. Love you. Bye.